there is an actual art to selling, and that's listen, ask questions, and then kind of regurgitate what the client is telling you versus telling them how great you think you are. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is FunNetFlip, and they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who FunNetFlip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of FunNetFlip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. FunNetFlip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We don't get to any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. Spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and a whole bunch of others. With us today, Colby K. How you doing, Colby? What is going on, man? I love the it's all killer, no filler. That's right. Yeah, that's another way to put it. More succinctly, in fact, all killer, no filler. I like that. Colby is an entrepreneur and owner of The Healthy Primate. He's built, sold, and advised over 20 startups that have generated over $50 million in revenue. In 2015, he joined UK2 Group, where he's head of global sales. He's author of Why Your Life is Killing You, My Journey to Reducing Stress and Living to Tell About It, based in Phoenix, Arizona. That being said, Colby, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, man, I appreciate the opportunity to come on the show I'm always humble and grateful for the opportunity to get in front of a new audience and share a little bit of my experience and hoping to get kind of enlightened and open some eyeballs. So thank you. My pleasure. A little bit of history. I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. I got into the music business young, was the entertainment coordinator for the 2002 Olympics. I took that adventure and thought for sure that was going to be where the story continued for me. Became a single dad really young and packed up everything I knew and, and moved to Phoenix where my father lived. Being a rock star and a single dad, just didn't, that lifestyle wasn't super conducive to being a father. And at that time, even at this time, being a father was the most important thing to me. And I got to Phoenix, Joe, and I, I put together, God, probably 17 or 18 different kinds of resumes, doing anything to get any kind of work that I could just to get my feet underneath me and to get established. That led me down the technology realm. So I got a job, if you think 2003, kind of the year of Dell, build your own PC. I got a job for a company that was 
similar to the Dell model where we built computers for businesses. And you fast forward that story, and that story took me through my first corporate experience, so getting into corporate America as a sales rep, and you know, I came from super humble backgrounds. I didn't have a lot growing up, and you know, I guess that's a humble way of saying I was broke. And my parents, you know, they worked really hard, but we didn't have a ton. Walked into corporate America, into a call center, like a scene out of broiler room. It was 2,000 call agents on the phone, outbound, dialing into businesses, selling technology. And they were giving away a car, like the first day I started. And I looked around, and I was like, man, this it, just the energy felt exciting to me. So my goal was, you know, I saw the middle-aged dude in the corner office driving a sports car, and I thought, I want to do that. And monetary success was the way to gauge kind of advancement at that time. And I attached myself to the top performers and said, you know, how do you do what you do? Why do you do it? Where do you do it? How do you do it? And over 15 years, my goal was to become an executive at a Fortune 500, and I did that twice at two technology firms here. Well, I was sort of that. I left to go start a software company. I was always advising, just through my life experience, kind of advising and helping friends, family, and others that were interested in starting a business. And I left corporate America four years ago to start a software company. We parlayed that into a sports agency, then into a consulting business, then to a hosting line, and just had my hand in five or six different businesses that I started and took that into a proprietary methodology and took it on as a mission to help as many young entrepreneurs or even older entrepreneurs coming up in the game, giving them a baseline to draw success. And that takes us to kind of where we are today, my man. I'm an author, a lover, a fighter, a father, a husband, and a revolutionary against everything good. A revolutionary against everything, against everything good. Got it, got it. I, I was like, wait a second, you don't like it all the good? As an entrepreneur, you've been exposed to different types of industries. And as real estate investors, I always say that we are entrepreneurs because we're creating something that other entrepreneurs create, which are businesses. And a lot of real estate investors might not think of their investing as a business, but we should think of our investing as a business. Therefore, we are entrepreneurs. So as someone who has a lot of experience doing successful endeavors as an entrepreneur, how should we approach thinking about our audience, so our target customer? Because I know you've come across a lot of different industries and you've had to shift who you're targeting, and I hope that you've come away with some insights for how to successfully target and identify and understand your audience. Absolutely. Brilliant question, Joe. So a couple ways that I would slice this, let's look at this in two aspects. One, nobody likes to be sold, but people love to buy. So immediately when you take a perspective of thinking of who your customer is and thinking on behalf of your customer, client, or end user, you need to put yourself in their shoes. Every day as an investor or as a business owner, we've got our own set of challenges and things that we're working on, right? And if you look at where you were even a year ago, the challenges that you personally faced as to what you're facing today are completely different. So you're continually evolving. And if you're to a place where you're making investments, you need to look at who your target audience is and you need to make sure that from a dialogue perspective, you need to be putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who is your customer and understanding what it is their pain points are. And not by selling by feature, because that's what salespeople do. They try to talk about 
look at my widget, look at my widget, and look at how great my stuff is. Well, people don't care. What they care about is what problem are you solving for me today? And then do you have social validation that you've done it with somebody that looks and acts and feels like me? So that's the base. And when you look at it, the core business that any entrepreneurial venture I've ever been in, Joe, falls in this. It's always the same. Business has been the same since Eve gave from the Apple all the way to Apple computers. It's all based on a need and somebody fulfilling that need. So the steps that I follow go under what I call the execution manifesto, which are four distinct pillars. The first is identifying a group of people with a problem or a need. Second piece is coming up with a creative way to solve that problem, whether that's a product or service. But the third piece is validation. This is the piece that many young entrepreneurs or even seasoned entrepreneurs will forget is just because you found somebody that will buy something and you think you found a problem, have you done due diligence on validation? Meaning you've gone back to that group of people that you've identified that have a problem that you supposedly can solve and ask them, do these specific widget or software or services, this solve your specific problem? And are you willing to actually pay for this specific solution? That last piece of, is it something you would pay for, is very, very important. And then the last pillar is what, what I call sell your face off. What's your sales strategy? What's your marketing strategy? And then how do you take it to market? Well, the last strategy is, as you said, sell your face off. But you mentioned earlier, nobody likes to be sold to. So how do you reconcile that? By putting myself in the shoes of the person that I'm trying to sell to. So if I go into real estate investment, if I'm a real estate investor, who is my prime customer? When you walk through what that looks like, there's a couple things. I want return on any investment that I get. I need to understand the property. I need to understand the neighborhood. I need to understand the people that live there. I need to understand what investments need to be made within the actual real estate market to make sure that I'm getting a return. Putting myself in the shoes of the customer and actually coming from it from what's important to my customer. So when I'm doing due diligence and I'm asking really what's important, what are the problems that they're facing, what's keeping them up at night, what are they doing today, why are they doing it the way they're doing it today, what would they change, what would they keep? By asking questions instead of talking about what it is I do, asking what the problem and the need is allows me to get enough adjectives and enough feeling to now turn that around in position. What you told me was important was having a property that was in an up-and-coming development that had not just amenities, but you had, there was other developments that were happening. You have a mini mall happening. You have a school that's happening. You told me schools were important based on the investment of the property you're coming into. Let's talk about that. How many kids do you have? What types of schools do they go to? Why is that important? And when you position what it is they're investing in, touching on the points that they said were important to them versus telling people how great your problem is that you're trying to solve, Taking a look from the side of the customer and position the problems you're solving in their vernacular is key. There is an actual art to selling, and that's listen, ask questions, and then kind of regurgitate what the client is telling you versus telling them how great you think you are. So what if they don't know what they want? For example, Henry Ford, one of the famous quotes is he said, if I had asked people what they wanted before – I invented the Model T. They would have said they wanted faster horses. In that case, you know, people didn't know exactly what they wanted because they didn't know what was possible. So how do you deal with that? So there are two very distinct things here. One question you asked me is, how do you sell to somebody who doesn't want to be sold? The second piece, which I think these combinations, Joe, like these two together would equal 
the formula for maybe the art of the sale would be understanding what your value proposition is in the market. Let me use a ruler analogy. So you tell me, listen, I need a ruler, and I measure 100 times a day, and I'm a ruler salesman, and I come to you and I say, okay, great. I've got this black 12-inch ruler, and I go measurement by measurement, tick by tick, inch by inch, all the way through my ruler and tell you how great my ruler is. I'm going to miss the one thing that was important because I didn't ask you the question. What you need is you need a ruler that has a number four, and the number four inch is the most important piece of that ruler to you. Oh, by the way, you need a black ruler based on you're measuring a a white piece of paper that cuts off at four, and then you're slicing at four. If I don't ask you specifically what it is you are using that ruler for, I'm going to sell you every aspect of the benefit of the ruler without really understanding how you're using it. Mm -hmm. When I understand how you're using it, That's one aspect. The flip side of that is I know that between three and five, there are a lot of things happening on the benefits of my ruler and understanding how the density, where it was manufactured, the ink that's used for the lining, how valuable that ruler is based on what makes my ruler different than other people. Not only by asking the right questions, can I get to the one section that's important to you? I'm going to know the surrounding sections on, say, inch three and inch five, if that makes sense. I always usually do this visually on a whiteboard, but inch three and inch five are directly impacting that one piece that were important to you. So if I'm selling you something, understanding by asking you the questions of the things that are most important to you, I know what my value proposition is, being able to solve that one specific problem, but also when I understand what my product or service is better than anybody else, I can say, Yes, you want this today, but I want to make sure that I educated you on these additional benefits and features of whatever it is I'm selling because I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't at least position the other aspects that we see customers in your position take advantage of. Although you're not thinking of them today, what we have seen by people that are in your shoes, tie it back to the demographic, they are taking advantage of option A and option B. I just want to make sure that you know what that is. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the hard sell of saying, hey, you need to have this. It's understanding the full cycle of what the value proposition is of the thing you're selling. I just had an experience with this actually right before we started recording. There was a knock on my door and there was a woman who represents Edward Jones and she said that she's going around the neighborhood and wanted to talk about my financial goals and the problem now that you and I and the best ever listeners have had this conversation the problem with her approach is that she didn't identify or ask me what type of problems I have that she could solve and obviously you don't phrase it that way but there was no problem that I've identified that she could solve therefore she was destined for failure And I love how you boil it down to what's the problem you are solving for me today and do you have social proof that you can deliver on that solution? And you're talking about money, dude. And for a lot of people, that's a really sensitive subject. When you look at real estate investors and you look at your core demographic for your show, I guarantee you could probably slice them up into beginners, intermediate, and experienced investors. Some that have got $20,000, $30,000 in the market, and they're trying to figure out how to make that grow because they want to invest outside their 401k, their social security, and their savings. They want some additional levels of income and security, like we all do, right? Then you've got intermediate investors that have made investments before, maybe gone good or gone bad. And then you've got expert investors who own 
multi-home properties all around the U.S. and are playing with $10, $20 million in the marketplace. And when you look at that, understanding who your kind of target is again, you're talking about money, dude, that is a really sensitive subject. So to come in and say to the lady who knocked on your door and said, you know, what are your financial problems? It's like, geez, lady, I can go down. First off, I don't know you. That's a question if my mother asked me, I would be very particular on how I answered. I'm strategic on how I answered my wife about my money goals, right? So these are people that I know pretty well. So a stranger coming into my scenario, you better come in with a warm referral. I talked to Joe next door. I'm introducing yeah. myself, and I want to let you know, here's what we do. And even tell, I, do, I am an open book when it comes to this kind of stuff. And tell them, we're going to talk about money, and I know money is a really sensitive subject, but I want to let you know that I'm on your side. And I want to make this a comfortable experience. Let me tell you some of the things I've talked about with people in your neighborhood. Let me know if any of these things relate to your current scenario. And if they don't, I'm taking five minutes of your time. Here's a $10 gift card to Starbucks. Get yourself a coffee and make up for it if there's no value. If there's value, why don't we schedule time that's most appropriate with your schedule to like sit down and go through what it is I talked about to see if I can really drive value into your day. You just killed that. I am smiling ear to ear. I love, wow. That, I love that approach, how you turned that. I, I can see her from my window. I'm on the second floor. I can see her walking around. I need to go give her this recording to go help her out because she deserves it. Get her business card and send it to her. <laughs> Say, hey, we talked about you today. And I, I just, uh, at minute four and a half or minute Yeah, five, right. Oh, man, that's great stuff. Let me give you this example, Joe. And, and I know we're doing all killer, no filler, and you've got a limited time. Yeah. There's a barber shop that I get my hair cut. I'm in there two times a month, and I'm in there waiting to get my hair cut. It's an old-school barber shop, so I'm sitting at like this old bar area. And the guy comes up, and he goes, handsome guy, you know, nicely groomed beard and his tight, skinny jeans. Comes in, and he's got a stack of business cards, and he goes, hey, I'd like to leave my cards here for my graphic design services. And the young kid at the receptionist goes, oh, I don't think you could do that. i got to go get the boss. And he goes and gets the boss. Boss comes back, and he has this conversation. Hey, you know, I'd like to leave my business cards here. I'm in the local area. I live up the street, and I do graphic design work. Guy goes, well, what kind of design work do you do? Guy goes, well, you know, I don't do web design, and I don't do SEO kind of stuff, but what I do really well is print material, like flyers and illustrations. And the guy goes, okay, those decisions are made at corporate. I appreciate you stopping by. See you later. And the guy leaves. And... The way that that dialogue should have went, first and foremost, would have been something along the lines of this. The kid goes and gets the manager, and the manager comes over, and you introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Colby. I run a graphic design firm here locally. I'm focused on local businesses scaling. I love the design work here at the barbershop. The barbershop is really it's a sexy barbershop, right? I like to look in the feel of the barbershop. Are you guys franchised, or do you do that independently? Oh, we're franchised. Who does the design look and feel for the barbershop? Is that you? Do you have feedback on that, or does that happen at corporate? Happens at corporate. Who at corporate is responsible for that? I'd love to get my cards and information because I'm sure you're interested in supporting the local area and the local businesses. Starting that dialogue, the lady's name is Melissa, who's in charge of all the design work. I know this personally because when I ran a sports agency, they sponsored an event for me, and I did the same thing, and it worked. How did I take it his approach? You already did the work. You've got a cool business card. You got up off the couch. You're in front of the person making a decision, and you just melted. You've done the hard work. That last little bit to get across the line to get your piece out there, right, that people just, they fumble. Yeah, I'd say just stereotypically, artists are not the best at that. 
So it's important that they hone those skill sets because we all have things we're good at, things we're average at, and things we suck at. So it's important that we hone those skill sets, that's for sure. Based on your experience, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors and entrepreneurs? Be honest, be sincere, give a shit about the people you're trying to serve and that you're trying to help, and have passion and tenacity in everything that you do. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Dude, I'm ready. Shoot. (laughs) All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com. That's I-N-F-O at cashflowninja.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Best ever book I've read, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Best ever way you like to give back? Every business I've ever started has a component of giving back. The areas that I focus on most are women and children in need or technology for kids. So I make it a core competency of every business that we build. We have a give back component, whether it's a percentage or education or actual money. If I were to magically give you three hours extra per day and you had to spend it on your business what's the best ever way you'd spend those three hours three hours extra a day to spend on my business um i've got a goal where we're going to start 52 businesses in this year so one a week i've already done three so for me i have an idea board at home that has businesses that have been validated so for me, I would probably do more around validation for places in the market that have a problem, whether that's Amazon triage, retail triage. Here's what I would do. That's a brilliant question, by the way. It kind of, I can go to tactics, but let me think bigger. I would spend one hour on business development, one hour on marketing and social media, and one hour on customer service for my existing clients, making sure that they were taken care of. What's the biggest mistake you've made in business so far? Not listening to my gut where I was going down a route and let other people kind of guide the decisions that I made that didn't turn out to my best interest. And lastly, what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Facebook.com forward slash I am, the letters I am, Colby, K-O-L-B-Y, K-A-Y. You go to LinkedIn, search Colby. My surname is Colobus. It's K-O-L. I-B-A-S. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Or you can go to thehealthyprimate.org. But uh, Facebook and LinkedIn are the best ways. Colby, lots of actionable insight right here. And I love the role-playing that we did with the door-to-door salesperson for Edwards Jones that I just came across to the barbershop graphic design guy. Really appreciate you sharing your insight. I mean, talking through the couple money quotes, you know, what problem are you solving And do you have social proof to deliver? Those are the two things that really stood out to me as well as your whole process that I have outlined in Best Ever Listeners. Definitely, if you didn't take notes, 
listen to this again and take notes. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. My man, I appreciate it. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com. That's I-N-F-O at cashflowninja.com.